0: Today's episode is sponsored by a reader friend. Reader, can you tell me your name? Sanvi. Hi, Sanvi. How old are you? I'm five years old. I hear you have a birthday coming up soon. Is that true?
1: Yeah. Wow. Happy almost birthday, Sanvi.
0: Are you so excited? Yeah. And I know you like to read. Do you have a favorite book right now? Yes. What is it?
1: I like to read my Zoe and Sassafras
0: books. Oh, Zoe and Sassafras are great. We love those books. We'll hear more about Sanvi and her favorite books at the end of today's episode. But if you want to purchase any of the Zoe and Sassafras books, which Sanvi just told us are her favorites, please do so at thereadingbug.com or your local independent bookstore. Thank you to Sanvi and her family for their support. Hi, reader. Welcome back. I'm here with our new friend, Sophie. Hello. And we're both excited for part two of our Amazon adventure. Part one was released earlier, so be sure to go back and listen if you haven't already. Reading Bug Adventures is written, performed, and produced by all of us at The Reading Bug, our family-owned independent bookstore. You heard me correctly. This is an Amazon rainforest adventure. The only Amazon you'll hear us talking about. Thank you so much for your continued support of our independent, family-owned, small business through this difficult year. Running our bookstore through a global pandemic and continuing to write, record, and produce all of our new podcast episodes has been one of our biggest challenges yet. Please consider continuing to support us this year by shopping with us at TheReadingBug.com. There, you can choose from millions of books and gifts, board games, recommendations from our staff, or even select a custom care package, handpicked with love by me and the rest of our bookstore staff. You can even choose books from your favorite Reading Bug Adventures episodes at thereadingbug.com slash adventures. Or sign up every young reader on your shopping list for a perfectly personalized subscription at readingbugbox.com. Books are selected and delivered each month to match up to the unique age, interests, and reading level of every subscriber, like only an independent bookstore can do. A big thank you to Resonate Recordings, who does the sound mixing and mastery for every Reading Bug Adventures episode, and to Zencaster, which we use for remote recording during these challenging times. Another great big thanks to our sponsors and to all of you for helping us continue to create this podcast. It takes a lot of time to write and record every episode and every song, and we really couldn't do it without your help. We have received so many letters and pictures from you this year. Keep them coming! You're part of what makes Reading Bug Adventures podcast possible. To become a patron and support our work, please visit patreon.com readingbugadventures. Okay, reader, I think it's time we get back to our Amazon adventure, don't you? In part one, we were on our way to the lost city of Machu Picchu with our talking llama friend, Bakari. On the count of three, why don't we all imagine ourselves back to the Amazon? Are you ready? Great! Then count with me. One, two three let's fly it's time for our reading bug adventure (laughs) it's a reading bug adventure there's lots of fun in store just inside our book bag there's new places to explore grab your crayons and paper and your imaginations too the reading bug and i can't wait to share our trip with you Reader, you're back! Great! We're on our way up the mountain to visit the lost city of Machu Picchu with our new friend and tour guide, Pocari. Welcome back, Reader. Pocari is a llama. A talking llama!
2: Well, technically I'm a talking cria, but that just means I'm a young llama.
0: (laughs) And of course, the reading bug is here,
1: too. That's right! And I'm so, so, so excited about resuming our Amazon adventure. We had a scary run-in with an enchanted pink river dolphin, an Encantado, earlier. But now that we've rested a little, I'm eager to see Machu Picchu.
0: Oh, this is a very steep trail we're on, Picari. I sure am glad we brought our hiking boots with us. But still, are we there yet? I'm feeling really, really tired. Almost, Lauren, you're
2: feeling the effects of the altitude now. Machu Picchu is almost 8,000 feet above sea level, so the air we're breathing is pretty thin, which makes you feel more tired when you exercise. We're heading up the Inca Trail now, though, so we should be in Machu Picchu in no time.
1: Oh boy, I can hardly wait. Do you remember I told you that Machu Picchu was lost for over 400 years? People think that's because it was up so high that it couldn't be seen from the bottom of the mountain. Huh! I believe it.
2: Yes. Machu Picchu is so high up that Spanish explorers couldn't see it when they arrived in Peru. Hiram Bingham was a professor of history, and he is the one who is remembered as the person who discovered Machu Picchu. But I'll tell you a little secret that most people don't know. Hiram Bingham would never have found it without the help
1: of an 11-year-old native
2: boy. Oh, yeah. I
1: read about that little boy in a wonderful nonfiction picture book, Lost City, The Discovery of Machu Picchu,
0: by Ted Lewin. An 11-year-old native boy helped a college professor discover Machu Picchu? Really? Yes. In 1911,
2: Bingham organized an expedition to find a lost city called Vilcapampa, a city that was rumored to be located in the mountains of Peru and filled with gold and riches. Once Bingham and his party of explorers arrived and started climbing the mountain, they asked everyone they met if they knew where Vilca was located, or if they knew of any ruins, but everyone said no. The jungle was dense, the mountain was slippery and steep, and the heat was terrible, and Bingham became discouraged.
1: Right! He was so discouraged that he was thinking about turning back. But before he did, he reached a clearing where a young boy was playing. The boy took him to his home, and the boy's family brought the explorer sweet potatoes to eat and gourds filled with cool water to drink.
2: Refreshed, Bingham asked one last time if there were ruins nearby. The boy's father shook his head, but the boy said to them, Amoy moi," which means come, come, and led Bingham into the jungle. At first, Bingham only saw bamboo thickets and tangled vines. But when he looked closer, he saw there were stones peeking through the vines. The boy pointed to a curved stone wall, and Bingham realized it was a temple. Then they came to a steep stone staircase, and at the top there was a clearing and another temple built of enormous stones. Bingham realized that underneath the vines and the thickets, there were many more buildings. Sure that he had found the lost city of Vilcapampa, Bingham took a picture of the boy who had led him to the site. At least, that's the story my llama relatives, who were there in Machu Picchu in 1911, mind you, have passed down from generation to generation. Incredible! So, what happened to Hiram Bingham after the discovery, Picari? Bingham returned to the United States to organize a follow-up expedition to clear the site and to search for the gold that was supposed to be there. And in 1912, he returned. He found a lot of skeletons, pots, tools, and bronze ornaments. But he never found any gold because the city wasn't Vilcapampa. Of course, it was Machu Picchu. But what he had found was much more valuable. The palace of King Pachacuti.
0: I can't wait to see it for myself. You did say we were almost there, didn't you, Bakari? We are. Lauren, look. Oh, Raider, look up ahead of us on the mountain. The people in front of us have started climbing a giant stone staircase up to the large stone gate, surrounded by a tall stone wall. Is that Machu Picchu, Bacari?
2: It sure is. Home sweet home. There are more than 3,000 stone steps that lead up the mountain to Machu Picchu. And the terraces you see on the side of the stairs were cut into the mountain to create flat meadows where the Inca would grow maize and other food crops.
1: Maize is another word for corn.
2: Oh,
0: yeah. So we're headed up those stairs then. All 3,000
2: of them. We sure are. It is a steep climb, but well worth the effort. In 2007, Machu Picchu was chosen by more than 100 million people around the world as one of the new Seven Wonders of the modern world.
1: One of just seven?
0: Wow! What were the others? The
1: Great Wall of China, in China... The Chichen Itza, a pyramid built by the Mayans that is located in Mexico. Petra, an ancient city located in the country of Jordan that was built more than 2,000 years ago. The Christ Redeemer statue, a really big statue of Jesus in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, built after World War I. The Roman Colosseum that was built by the Romans in the first century. And the Taj Mahal, an amazing building in India that was built by an emperor in the 17th century to honor his wife. Sounds like some
0: really great places for future adventures. Right, reader? They sure do, Lauren.
1: But even if we don't adventure to them, we can always read about them. Hey, watch your step. There's a thick black snake sunning on the rock in front of you, Lauren.
0: Oh, eesh! Thanks, reading bug. I almost stepped on him. And he didn't seem too happy about it either. Was that one of the super poisonous snakes you were telling us about? I'm not Sure. But I don't think either of you
1: should find out. Let's catch up with Picari. She knows this place well and can help us avoid any danger. Good idea.
0: Picari, wait up!
1: Oops,
2: sorry. I didn't see that you'd fallen behind. Llamas are excellent climbers. Sometimes I forget that you humans are so much slower.
0: Oh, look! We've got a little visitor hopping along beside us. Hi, little guy. You sure are pretty. Reader, have you ever seen such a beautiful frog? He's no bigger than the top of my thumb, but he's so colorful. His back is bright orange with black lines and dots, and his legs are a shimmery silver. Lauren, don't get too close. That little frog is deadly. Deadly? This little cutie pie? It's just a tiny little frog, reading bug.
1: I think that's a poison dart frog, like I warned you about. I saw a picture of one in Animals of the Rainforest, Wildlife in the Jungle. Poison dart frogs are one of the most poisonous creatures on the entire earth. You're right, Reading Bug. That's a poison
2: dart frog for sure. They come in many beautiful bright colors, yellow, red, green, orange, and blue. And the poison of just one tiny frog is enough to kill ten people. The reason that poison dart frogs are so colorful is to warn other animals that might want to
0: eat them that they are poisonous. Oh, thanks for warning me. I had no idea that anything this small and beautiful could be so lethal. Just
2: remember, Lauren, that not everything in the Amazon is a no drama llama like myself.
1: Yeah, there are lots of poisonous reptiles, insects, spiders, and even plants in the Amazon. That's really strange. We usually don't see poison dart
2: frogs this close to Machu Picchu. But every once in a while, one may show up. Just a bit of bad luck, I guess. It's really best not to touch anything.
0: Okay, I'll keep my hands in my pockets for the rest of this adventure.
1: Good idea. Lauren, reader, don't look back, but you're nearly all the way up the 3,000 steps to Machu Picchu. And boy, is it a long way back down.
0: Great work, everyone. We made it. Look around, reader. This place is incredible. We're high up on a steep mountain, and there are beautifully crafted stone walls and steps built into the mountain all around us. From up here, you can see across the mountains and valleys for miles. And we're so high up, I can see clouds below us. It looks like the whole place is floating on a bed of mist. No wonder it took so long to discover it. Machu
2: Picchu means old mountain in the native language and the inca who originally lived here worshiped the sun and the moon some people believe pachacuti built his palace here at the top of this steep hill so that he could see the sun the moon and the stars more clearly we're standing in front of one of four spectacular temples in machu picchu this one is called the temple of the sun and it is where the inca worshiped their sun god inti It was the most important structure in Machu Picchu and is the only building with a semicircular outer wall. My family tells me that the walls of the Temple of the Sun were once covered with jewels. Can you just imagine it? There's
1: also a room in the temple where the royal mummies are kept. Mummies? You mean like... In Egypt, yeah. The ancient Egyptians were the best known makers of mummies. But ancient people in Australia and some Pacific islands also made mummies as a way of preserving the bodies of the dead. So did the Inca in South America. Like the Egyptians, the Inca
2: developed a process to preserve the bodies of their royalty after they were dead. They worshipped and cared for these royal mummies as if they were still alive. How do you know so much about
0: the Inca, Picari? You said yourself you're just a young llama, so you weren't around way back when Machu Picchu was occupied.
2: Everything I know was passed down to me from my parents and from their parents before them, by word of mouth. The Inca had no written language, so there's a lot that people like you still don't know about them. For example, no one knows exactly what Machu Picchu was used for, but most historians believe that Machu Picchu was the summer palace of King Pachacuti. All of the houses and temples in Machu Picchu are built of the finest white stones found right here on the mountain. Workers cut and shaped them without metal tools, using rocks as hammers to chip away at the stone, and the stones were carved and stacked with amazing precision.
1: Even though the Inca didn't use any mortar to seal the stones together, like you see in between the bricks in modern buildings, I read that it is impossible to slide even a sheet of paper between the stones here, because they were so carefully and expertly carved and placed. The Inca were amazing builders, and... Because there was no water nearby, they even built a series of aqueducts to bring water from the mountains to the buildings in Machu Picchu. That's right, little bug. In the case of Machu Picchu, the
2: aqueducts brought pure water from a spring high up on the mountain, about half a mile away. It flowed down the aqueduct into 16 different stone fountains.
1: That was quite an engineering feat for a nation that hadn't even invented the wheel. Nobody knows how the Inca were able to move the heavy stones to build the aqueduct, or more than a hundred buildings in the city. I'm pretty sure they had help from lots of llamas. Let's keep walking.
0: Oh! What in the world was that? Another dangerous Amazon animal come to get us? Everybody, look out!
2: (laughs) No, no, no. That's an Andean cock-of-the-rock bird. It's the national bird of Peru. They're a little shy, so they can be hard to find. But if you look just up there near the rocks, you'll see the one that was calling
0: to you. Oh, yeah! Look, reader! It has brilliant reddish-orange feathers, black and white wings, and a large domed forehead that completely covers its beak. I've never seen any bird that looks like it. Why is it called a cock of the
2: rock? It gets the last part of its name from its tendency to build nests on rocks and ledges. That one's a boy bird. They're the ones with the bright feathers. The females have duller brown feathers. And unlike your little frog friend, Lauren, this colorful bird is not dangerous at all. Well, not dangerous for most of us. Reading bug, you should steer clear because these birds eat a steady diet of fruit, small animals, and
0: insects. Yikes! (laughs) Don't worry, reading bug. We'll protect you.
2: Everyone here will look out for you, reading bug. Ladybugs are considered good luck in Peru after all.
1: Well, that makes me feel better. Sort of. I do not like the way that bird keeps looking at me.
3: Ouch!
0: Lauren, are you okay? I, I think so, yeah. Just a small fall. I tripped over that stone, I guess. Just a little bit of bad luck. I did skin my knee a little, though.
2: Ouch! Don't worry about that, Lauren. I can help. I've learned a thing or two from the local shaman. Shaman? A shaman is an ancient term for a healer, a person of medicine. That's right. Just call me the Laman Shaman. (laughs) But
1: seriously, let me take a look at that scratch. I read in The Shaman's Apprentice that shamans in the Amazon jungles have passed their knowledge of healing powers of rainforest plants from one generation to the next for thousands of years. An incredible 25% of all the medicines we use today have been derived from rainforest plants. For example, quinine, which is used to treat malaria, comes from the cinchona tree. Cat's claw is a vine that has been used to treat arthritis. And novocaine, like you might get at the dentist to numb your mouth, comes from the coca plant. That's right, reading bug. My
2: grandfather worked with a local shaman long, long ago, helping him travel through the rainforest and over the mountains, and that shaman passed his knowledge of the healing power of our rainforest plants to him. He helped to teach my llama, mama, and she, in turn, taught me. Your knee isn't too badly scraped, but if it were, I might recommend Sangre de Grado, Blood of the Dragon. Blood of the Dragon? How do you get that? Blood of the dragon doesn't come from actual dragons. It comes from the sap and bark of the sangre de Grado tree, which is found in the rainforest. It's only called blood because it is red. It has been used in South America for hundreds of years to treat a variety of health issues. And it's good for deep cuts because it has an antiseptic action, reduces bleeding, and kills bacteria, germs, and viruses. I can't believe I was so clumsy. But I'm fine now. Thanks for the help, Pikari. My pleasure. Our next stop is right here. This temple is called the Temple of the Three Windows because it has three trapezoid-shaped windows. That's
1: really weird. A trapezoid is kind of like a crooked square or rectangle with only two parallel sides. Why would they want wonky
2: windows? Historians, whom I met frequently when they traveled to Machu Picchu, believe that the three windows represented the underworld, the heavens, and life on Earth. They were carved into a wall that faces east to let the solstice
1: sunrise shine through at perfect angles. Solstice? There are two solstices each year. One on the shortest day of the year and one on the longest day of the year.
2: Right. And next to the temple of the three windows, here is the main temple. Because it is the largest temple. The main public temple where
0: large public ceremonies would have taken place. Incredible. Look at the main temple's perfectly curved wall. That must have been really difficult to build without modern tools.
2: The main temple was built in the shape of a rainbow. It was designed so that one window lines up with a view of a cluster of stars in the morning sky. Another window is positioned so that on the winter solstice, which is the shortest day of the year, the sun shines through onto the altar, which is right in the
0: center of the floor of the temple. So the Inca would come here to worship the sun and the stars then? That's right. You said there were four temples in Machu Picchu, but we've only seen three so far. The Temple of the Sun, the Temple of the Three Windows, and the main temple. Where's the fourth? It's just up ahead. Up there, see? That's the Temple of the Condor. What's a condor?
1: It's a very large bird that feeds on dead animals, Lauren. Kind of like a buzzard or a vulture, but much bigger. That's right. This one's my favorite of the four temples. Follow me.
2: It's called Temple of the Condor because of this large image of a condor made from
0: rocks on the ground. See? Oh, yes. There are large stones on the floor that have been arranged in the shape of a bird's head and neck feathers. And the rock behind the head and neck is shaped like outspread wings. It's enormous. Well,
1: condors are the world's largest flying birds. Their wingspan is almost 11 feet wide. That's about as long as two grown-ups lying on the ground head to foot.
0: Have you ever seen a bird that big? Never. And uh, I don't think I want to see one, especially if it's a carnivore. (laughs) The Andean condor
2: is a meat-eater, but condors don't usually kill things. They are scavengers.
1: They find food that has already been killed. You don't need to worry. And I read that Andean condors are usually spotted on higher parts of the Inca Trail above Machu Picchu,
0: but occasionally people have seen them flying right here, around the ruins. With the luck we've been having, I wouldn't be surprised if one swooped down right now. First, Boto almost dragged us under the Amazon River. Then I almost stepped on a deadly snake and touched a deadly frog, and then I tripped and skinned my knee. Remember, the Amazon
1: rainforests are very dangerous. We're fortunate all our misfortunes were only almost. But you're right, Before our luck runs out, maybe we should consider heading back home. We've seen all four temples of Machu Picchu, after all.
0: I hate to cut our adventure short, but you're probably right, Reading Bug. We probably should leave now before our luck runs out. Bacari, thank you so much for being such a wonderful tour guide. And for saving us from Boto. We will never forget you. (laughs) No problema. I hope you'll adventure back to see me again soon. Look, reader... The reading bug is opening the book bag, and it's getting bigger and bigger. Big enough to fit us all. Hey, let go! Help! Reader, look! The bird scooped up the reading bug and her book bag and is flying away. Picari, you have to help!
2: We can't run faster than that cock of the rock can fly, Lauren. Just keep your eyes on it. Our best chance to get our little bug friend back is to see where they land.
0: But that might be too late. You said yourself that those birds like to eat insects. Yes, but I
2: think we still have time. Look, the bird has landed on the rocks of the hill high above us. I don't think he meant to grab the book back too, but for now, that bag is giving the reading bug a place to hide.
0: Reading bug, hold tight! We're going to find a way to rescue you! How can we ever climb that mountain to get to the reading bug and rescue her in time? Oh, this is really bad luck. Bad luck? You're right.
2: What we need now is a change of fortune. And I think I have an idea. Follow me. Follow you? But we can't climb way up there to rescue the reading bug. You're not going up there. I need your help down here. Come on.
0: Here. Here? But, Bakara, you've just led us to a big carved stone in the middle of Machu Picchu. How is this stone going to help the reading bug?
2: It's not just any big stone, Lauren. This stone is called the Intiwatana. It's a focal point for all the positive energy of Machu Picchu. Visitors here place their hands on the Intiwatana to absorb some of the positive energy from the stone for themselves. We need some positive energy right now, but you've probably noticed that I don't have any hands, so that's why I need your help. I need you and reader to place your hands on the stone for me. And what are you going to do, Bakari? Positive energy alone won't save the reading bug. You're right. That's why I'm going to climb
0: up the cliff and rescue her. Rescue her? You? But you're a llama. You don't have any thumbs to grab onto rocks with. How can you climb that steep mountain and reach the reading bug?
2: Remember when we first arrived, I told you that llamas are amazing climbers? Well, I wasn't joking. I may not have thumbs, but I do have two separate long toes on each of my four feet. My toenails curve and point onto the ground, giving me excellent traction on rocky surfaces. And my muscles and body shape are great for climbing and balance, too. Stay here and take in all the positive energy you can to help me climb the rock and save the reading bug. I'll be back with your friend in no time.
0: Be careful, Bakari. Now I'm getting a little worried. Reader, keep your hand on the Intiwatana with me. I don't know if it's just my mind playing tricks on me, but I think I can feel the positive energy flowing into my body. Can you feel it, reader? I hope that Bakari can feel it, too. When you feel dizzy and a little unsteady on your feet, shaky and quaky, and you need to take a seat, just breathe. Listen to me. When you are worried, there's a tiny little wrinkle in your brow You want to make it go away, but you don't know how what to do I'll tell you I have this little place Where all my worries go I write them down on paper And in this special box they go It helps me sort my feelings When I'm feeling low So now you know when you feel dizzy and a little unsteady on your feet Shaky and quaky, and you need to take a seat Just breathe Listen to me When you are worried There's a tiny little wrinkle in your brow You want to make it go away But you don't know how, what to do I'll tell you Already nearly halfway to the reading bug, it's like she's got glue on her hooves. She's moving so quickly up the steep, rocky mountain. Even where the rocks are loose, Bakari doesn't seem to be slipping at all. She's moving more slowly now as she approaches the cock of the rock. But the bird is still trying to figure out where the reading bug went, and he doesn't see Bakari at all. And look! Bakari has the reading bug's book bag in her mouth and is climbing back down the mountain. The cock of the rock tried to get it back for a second, then flew away. Careful, Bakari! You've almost made it! If she weren't a llama, I'd think she was a professional rock climber. Told you I was an expert climber? You were incredible, Bakari! Reading bug! Reading bug, are you in there? It's safe to come out now. Oh no. Reader, we may be too late. I'm here, I'm here. Pakari,
1: you were amazing. Thank you so much for the daring rescue.
2: That's what llamas do best. Help. It's the least I could do for my new adventure friends. How can I ever repay you? No payment required. But if you really want to repay me, listen to this.
0: Ew! Pakari,
2: what are you doing?
0: You're spitting all over us!
2: Well, that's what llamas do second best spit! Now listen. Now, I'm not one to usually talk, but when it's about the Amazon, I really got to squat. Our rainforest has shared its land and river, but if you don't help, they won't last forever. Of course, we want to help Bakari, but help! There are lots of ways to help save the rainforest, Lauren. To reduce the need for cutting down our trees, ask your friends and family to buy food grown locally. To preserve the Amazon for future generations, purchase fair trade products made by native populations. And when you ask for toys and gifts, make sure that you choose to reduce your carbon footprint and recycle or reuse. Through the amazing Amazon, the whole world is connected. So tell everyone you know, we need to protect it. Let all our friends around the world know that the Amazon rainforest is an important part of their lives, as well as ours. The rainforest trees take carbon dioxide out of the air and replace it with the clean, fresh oxygen that we all breathe. The Amazon rainforest produces 20% of all the oxygen in the world. There may be dangerous animals, insects, and plants in the Amazon rainforest. But we face a far bigger danger if we lose the rainforest to
1: pollution or deforestation. That's a wonderful message for us to bring back from our adventure today, Kari. Of course we'll tell our friends and family.
0: We sure will. But speaking of friends and family, we really should be heading back home now, don't you think? This has been such an incredible adventure exploring Machu Picchu together. But I think we should go before that cock of the rock comes back for you, reading bug.
1: Definitely.
0: Pikari, thanks so much for showing us your home and for keeping us safe from the enchanted river dolphins and hungry birds. We're lucky you found us, and even luckier to call you our friend. Goodbye. Goodbye. Come back and see me again soon. We will, Pikari. Thank
1: you. Now, if you're ready, let's get back home. Just three hops with me, then into the book bag together. Ready? One hop. Two hops, three hops, and we're in!
0: We've had a big adventure within our book bag, and I think we saved the day. We'll see you next time. Goodbye, book bag. Now it's time to fly away. Look! The ruins of Machu Picchu are fading away as we ascend into the sky and head back home after another amazing adventure together. I'm not sure
1: anyone will believe us when we tell them we visited a lost city, had a dangerous run-in with an encantado that turned out to be a pink river dolphin, and met an awesome talking llama! That's what our
0: pictures are for, Reading Bug! We can draw pictures of Machu Picchu and all the amazing things we did together today to help retell the story of our adventure to our friends and family. In just a few minutes, I'll play music for us to color our illustrations to. What part of today's adventure do you think you'll draw, reader?
1: I'm going to draw a picture of Picari climbing the cliffside to rescue me from that scary cock of the rock.
0: Great idea.
1: If you enjoyed today's adventure like I did, reader, and want to learn more about the Amazon rainforest, Machu Picchu, or Peru, you can read any of the books in my book bag. I have a complete list for you at www.thereadingbug.com/adventures.
0: Hey, look! We're back. Reader, You were an amazing adventurer today. Thanks for all your help keeping us safe. When you're a reader, you're a leader. You're ready to learn about everything. As you grow, you'll show this world that you can be anything. You could write a book or fly a plane. Build a house with a giant crane. Whatever you do, one thing will be true. There's nothing you can't do. You can see it through, just by being you. Cause you're a reader, you're a leader, you're ready to learn about everything. As you grow, you'll show this world that you can be anything. You could sing your way into a Broadway show. Don't let anyone tell you no. Whatever you do, one thing will be true. There's nothing you can't do. You can make your dreams come true just by being you. Thank you for joining me in The Reading Bug on another exciting adventure. I can't wait until our next one together. Until then, goodbye. Bye-bye, reader. We'll see you soon. It's a reading bug adventure. There's lots of fun in store. Just inside our book bag, there's new places to explore. Grab your crayons and paper and your imaginations, too. The reading bug and I can't wait to share Today's episode was sponsored by our reader friend, Sanvi. Hi again, Sanvi. Hello. Sanvi is five, but just about to turn six. Isn't that right? Yes. (laughs) Do you have a favorite episode of Breeding Bug Adventures? Yes. What is it? The Ninja Adventure. The Ninja Adventure! Where did we go on our Ninja Adventure? Do you remember? Japan. Japan. That was a neat place to visit, wasn't it? Yeah. Have you read any other books about Japan before? I visited Japan. You visited Japan? Yes. Wow! That is so cool. Any other episodes that you like a lot?
1: I like to go on one of the Zoe and Sassafras adventures.
0: Uh, what does is, what is Zoe and Sassafras do? They help magical creatures. They help magical creatures. Like what kind? Mm, like
1: baby dragons and some others.
0: Oh, I like baby dragons. That sounds like a lot of fun. Do you think someday you'll write your own episode of Reading Bug Adventures? I don't know. I bet you could.
1: When I get older.
0: Yeah. I read Giraffes Can't Dance. Giraffes Can't Dance, that's one of my favorite books. When Gerald falls down and then he really learns to dance in the end. Yes. Just the way he likes to dance, because he's extra special just the way he is, huh? Yeah. Any other picture books you like? Weedle
1: on the Needle. The Weedle is on the top of the needle, and then he doesn't want to go to sleep and he's very grumpy, so he heads off to the woods. Oh,
0: wait a minute. I think I know a clue as to where you live because of that book. Is there a needle somewhere near where you live? The Space Needle. Oh, the Space Needle! And where is the Space Needle? Mm. What city? Seattle. Seattle! Oh, I bet The Reading Bug would love to go to Seattle. We'll ask her, okay? Okay. <laughs> Sonbi's favorite books include the Zoe and Sassafras series, Giraffes Can't Dance, and Weedle on the Needle. You can purchase any of them or find your very own favorite at thereadingbug.com. Thank you to Sonbi and her family for their generous support. And thanks to all of our individual sponsors as well. If you're interested in becoming a patron, please visit our page at patreon.com. Thank you for listening to Reading Bug Adventures. I'm Lauren Savage, and today's adventure was an original story written by Diane and Brandon Savage. This episode was performed by me, Chloe and Brandon Savage, and Gabriela Melendez. Original music was written and performed by me and Joe Murphy. Thanks, Joe. Sound mixing and mastery is by Resonate Recordings. The Reading Bug is our family-owned, independent children's bookstore in California, and we're passionate about educating, entertaining, and engaging children of all ages. Learn more about us at thereadingbug.com and our personalized subscription box service at readingbugbox.com. Thank you.
2: Calling all trivia nerds, Brittany here, and I host the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast with my best friend, Meredith. Is your next car ride looking like a snooze fest? (laughs)
3: Oh,